In today's episode of the Neil Wilkins podcast, I'm joined by Manuj Agarwal, who is a an AI thought leader and many, many other things, as you're going to hear. Um, Manuj has been, well, prolific, if you like, over recent years um, and has really sort of transformed um, the, the thinking around AI and really what it means to all of us. So you might be a marketer, you might be a business owner, and I know a lot of you are entrepreneurs. But what we're going to be covering uh, in this particular episode is a much broader uh, range of topics based around the impact of AI and really what it's going to mean to us as communities, as society and as humanity really more broadly so welcome to the podcast Manoj really great thank to you so see much. you excited to be here thank you yeah very much so I've been looking forward to it. we've had this one scheduled in for a long long time and it's it's always been kind of on that list and I've been thinking I'm really looking forward to this one because I know we're going to go on to some really really interesting stuff but I guess I really have to ask you the question. I mean, you have a very interesting backstory which I know people are going to want to hear first before we kind of get into the detail but kind of how did your backstory kind of lead to AI? Because it's not necessarily an, an obvious progression, is it? Mm, yeah. It, well, I, it's uh, it's funny that, uh, you know, I was actually just thinking about this the other day. Um, so my, my career started uh, at fairly young age in India. So at 15, I was working in a factory. And at that at that time, I was not realizing, but my but my mind was picking up all this um, sort of uh, you know orchestration of assembly lines and how to produce things at scale and quality assurance because these are all the things that you have to worry about in a in a factory, right? Like so, there, there are uh, raw material coming in, and then you're producing all this uh, finished goods, and then you're shipping it off to the to the customers, and this has to be done again and again and in bulk, right? So my mind was picking up all these. And then, um, I mean, that was like a very uh, tough life uh, in that in that time. And then I wanted to improve my life and say, OK, you know, I could do something more. And I found my passion in computers and technology. So what ended up happening was, I think, my mind's uh, ability to, like, you know, systemize things, plus the knowledge of computers helped me to um how can i say it like see things uh in a in a different way um and uh, that led me to multiple opportunities working with a lot of startups working with um, fortune 500 companies uh and working on some may really impactful projects like with with artificial intelligence uh like we started helping students learn better we started patients with their uh, you know, joint pains. Um, I was I was just talking about uh, another company uh, which used data to help with chronic pain. So all of these like really impactful projects really showed me that how AI can really impact the world and make it a such a how can I say it like, utopian almost utopian uh, so, uh, society where most of the things that we deal with today as a species are are handled are are taken care of and so that's what excites me that's what uh, you know um gives me the passion to really implement ai in the right way um in businesses in in people's lives so that uh, rather than being afraid or rather than being concerned about it taking over humanity they can really get the true benefit of it yeah and this was one thing i mean obviously i've i've been reading a lot of your 
uh, kind of work and been looking at the kinds of things that you've been doing in recent years. And and one of the things that, you know, literally to me comes through so loud and clear, and this is why it's so refreshing um, to, to meet and talk to somebody like you, is that I think a lot of the narrative that we're hearing um, from many commentators and many, you could call them thought leaders uh, within the AI space, is that it's all about automation. It's all about efficiencies. It's about process. But you're coming at this from a very different perspective, which is actually the doing good and actually mm -hmm. kind of feeding back something that is much more, I guess, profound than all of those just savings of, you know, time and money and energy. You're actually coming from a much stronger, much more um, powerful place, aren't you? Well, the, the, the key is that a lot of um, people who come from it uh, from a technical point of view or purely business point of view, they look at it at the surface level and say, okay, what are my main challenges today? How can I grow, right? And so human capital is the most um, precious capital. And also uh, in today's age, uh, it's the most difficult to grow. Like it's, you know, good people are hard to find. So that's why a lot of people just turn towards uh, automation and say, okay, you know, I, I won't need humans to grow uh, and accomplish my vision, right? But the thing is that if you really truly understand what, um, what, for lack of a better word, what consciousness is, like, you know, how humans evolve and all of those things, th there are methods to actually use AI to make humans more productive. That will be a, that will be a more sort of holistic use of AI. To, rather than replacing humans, augment humans, mm. right? I'd, I'd like to kind of explore that a little bit more deeply because I think this is something for some of us who have been, you know, tussling with AI for, for a number of years now and suddenly it's in the whole, you know, sort of human psyche. Everybody's aware of the, of the possibilities, but maybe they're not really thinking in this kind of way. And I think it's quite an interesting thing, isn't it, when you go a little bit more deep than just chat GPT and, you know, the obvious other kind of alternatives there. There is something a little bit more profound that's actually happening here, isn't there, with this kind of machine learning and with some of the technology stacks that we're seeing emerge here. Can, yeah. can you give us a little bit of an insight in, into what you feel is going on? Well, uh, what is happening is, see, our, uh, our world has evolved based on uh, the intellectual capabilities that we have. So each human... Uh, you know, of course, can contribute to society and 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 uh, according to their intellect level. So, a good example will be, you know, Einstein had an IQ of about 170 or so, right? He was a super genius. Uh, now, machines have an IQ of like you know thousand. So there is no way to compete at an intellect level. Uh, there is no way to find solutions at that uh, precision and and speed as the machine so humanity will uh, need to be restructured in some ways where you know today our value the uh, the the rewards that we get from the world the income that we get are based on how we can solve problems like our our mind but moving forward if the mind is commoditized what are, what is left is human emotions and uh, our ability to really understand the world understand the environment around us pick up uh, you know what exactly is needed uh, because the needs of tomorrow will be totally different than what 
what we think the needs are today right uh so so that's as you said like that's a very profound shift that is happening right under our noses but you know people won't really realize it until it has actually taken shape and i'll give you an example uh you know in 1995 i logged into the internet for the first time okay and it was through one of those modems you know making squeaky noises and all of that and 3 years later and in 1998 i was applying for my first entry level you know uh, uh uh computer programmer position and i could not apply for that position unless i had an email address right in 3 years the world had changed that if i didn't have an email address like i was literally not able to apply for a job right um same thing with smartphones in 2007 uh iphone 1 came out and like within like maybe 3 years uh 3 or 4 years it became such a big part of our life that now we cannot imagine life without a smartphone right so these kind of shifts happen slowly and one day people realize oh my world has already changed so that's exactly what is happening right now we're just going through it slowly and e- a lot of industries are going to be disrupted a lot of new paradigms are going to emerge that have never been part of human history um you know uh, and that's that's the exciting part that that is what we are seeing around us already happening mm. it, it feels like you've got a really positive energy around this when you describe that change it's almost like you're fueled by it it feels exciting it feels an opportunity i mean how, how do you address this when you talk to companies and you talk to people who are almost the other end of the spectrum where they're fearful either because of their particular role or just the uncertainty or this kind of bigger kind of the robots are going to take over the world kind of mentality how do how do you kind of deal with that because you're coming from a very different very positive angle aren't you yeah yeah so let's uh, let's address uh, those two concerns one the, the two major concerns we hear is oh it's going to take away my job uh, and the other one is ai is going to take over the world yeah so let's address both of them so take away my job so you know i i tell people just imagine you know go back to 1910 and there was no automobile then and people used to travel through horse carts and let's say you you have a business of delivering food you know using horse carts right and you can make like five six deliveries in a day and you, you know you're you're making a good living now comes 19 i think 1920 when the automobile assembly line was invented so you have a now vehicle uh, which can travel like three times faster and you can make like three times more deliveries right in a day um it is your choice whether you adopt the new technology and grow your business three times or you stick with the previous technology and become less competitive because if i mean you are i mean nobody is going to argue with you that you want to stick with the old ways but your competitors are going to upgrade to new technology and hence push you out of the market right so these are the choices that any individual can make um, i cannot argue for or against so what i tell them is look ai is not going to take away your job somebody who uses and understands ai will take away your job if you don't 
you know adopt it right um secondly about um the ai taking over the world see this is again our uh, human desire to imp- like sort of uh, put ourselves on the pedestal like be all uh, powerful like you know a lot of men in history have this ambition to be the ruler of the world right so it is our human desire that as soon as i have such uh, uh, influence and and power my immediate uh, action will be to eliminate others or subdue others that's what we think as humans and now if ai is a, another species we are projecting that okay you know if ai becomes so powerful it is going to eliminate us i mean but if you think about it in nature there are millions and millions and millions of species there is no other species that organizes uh, you know wages organize war against each other like create weapons right it's only humans so so the idea that you know people don't really understand this desire to take over the world and all of that uh, it is not um, a natural tendency it is a, it is a reaction to centuries of suppression and and you know uh, plundering and and things of that nature which comes out in in, in ambition to take over the world are, are you following me mm. so so if if we compare that with ai like somebody will have to like really sit down and come up with a, a jealousy algorithm and a suppression algorithm and plant it into ai and say now you know how i feel now you know go take over the world or something along those lines so ai is not going to take over the world in from that aspect now the third thing is some bad actors may use ai for bad things yes of course that is true with any technology anything that we use um there are always going to be 5% of the uh, people who are you know who have malicious uh, intent but but you have to rely on the uh, goodness of 95% of the rest of the uh, people who keep it together otherwise uh, you know we would have been wiped out of this uh, of this uh, face of uh, this planet long long time ago right yeah it feels like the, the way you're describing this and this is really fascinating for me because it feels then that that what you're describing ai already is but will become is almost a, an accelerator or an exaggerator of everything that we choose for it to be so yeah. we we can do things as we know automated so it becomes more efficient faster uh, more effective but that is just an acceleration of what we've already got um time again is is another thing here i know a lot of people have said this year has gone so much more quickly or at least the perception it's gone so much more quickly than previous years and that comes at all ages not just i think because we're getting older um i i speak to young people and they're saying exactly the same thing so am i right in then sort of assuming that whatever we choose for kind of ai to be it will just accelerate and exaggerate the choices that we're making yeah not only that it will explode the number of choices available because we don't even know uh, certain things are possible right now um s- certain things for example cure for cancer we are just like you know we are just there but not there right so what happens if ai becomes you know uh, like instrumental in finding the uh, like v- like maybe vac- like vaccine or like a pill to cure cancer or some like 
some big problems that we are dealing with uh, and beyond that uh, you know there could be a totally new way to make students learn you know because we have had centuries of sort of um, you know uh, how can I, conditioning of okay you know the way to learn is you know you learn the alphabet then you learn how to put them together and then you you know go to college and all of that uh, you know if if we watch the movie matrix i mean in science fiction they say all you need is a chip you know it goes into your mind and then now you you have just downloaded the entire you know phd curriculum for that topic um so uh, we uh, yeah it, it it's it's a fascinating time to be to be in mm. and it is one of those things for me when i i kind of hear you talking um sort of about this it almost then it starts to kind of craft a new role if we were to look at it like this certainly from a business perspective for me it's very very clear that you know if it's not coming to take our jobs uh, if it's not going to take over the world then it, it kind of becomes our and i don't really want to use this word because it because it kind of feels a little bit awkward because it is so much more powerful than this, but it becomes almost our servant if we can then sort of use it and position it that it serves us to infill maybe the the weaknesses that we have or maybe some of the less valuable tasks and things that we would normally be, we could say, wasting our time doing to, to free us up for the more valuable things that we can offer the people around us, our communities, and, and maybe even broader, maybe, you know, like you being a thought leader globally, you know, you can then really kind of empower yourself to, to really add that value that would otherwise be consumed by having to do the menial tasks. Mm -hmm. do, yeah. do you see it kind of playing out like that? Because then it, yeah, yeah. it really means then that humans, marketers, business owners, but humans more generally, can really start to focus in on actually what is my purpose? Why am I here? What is the higher level reason for being alive as a human? And really focusing on that rather than just get, you know, confused with the chaos that is everyday living right now. Yeah, you are one of the few people who get it immediately, right? Like you connect the dots. Um, so th that's exactly right, what you just said. Um, because uh, our life is so consumed to collect resources that we need for survival, um, we've never had the chance to sort of uh, step back and look at what do we really want out of life? You know, what is what is it that makes us happy? Because um, it's just impossible to focus on that. But when 80% of that, like, you know, mental capacity is freed up because most of the mundane things are done for you, then um, you have the ability and the desire to focus on that higher level uh, goal that you have. I mean, it's, it's well documented in Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. Like when your basic needs are met, then you know, um, then you can focus on higher level needs. Um, there's a spiritual guru, Osho, uh, from India, a uh, very controversial figure, but um, but he's like, you know, he has profound teachings. One of the things he said was that I'm the guru of the rich because the person who's poor cannot afford to focus on these higher level thinking processes because he's too busy trying to, you know, make ends meet, which is sad, but it is true. Mm. 
Yeah, it is. And I think there's almost a luxury. I mean, even even you and I here on this podcast right now, you know, it, it is we, we have the luxury of being able to communicate. We're on different sides of the world right now, you know, and we can just connect because we have the resources and I guess the finances to be able to do that. And it puts us in a very almost awkwardly privileged position, doesn't it? But then with it brings a responsibility, I think, that we have to be doing this in such a way that it kind of gives gives back more than we're actually then consuming from yeah. the time that we're spending. Did, did right. you feel that? You absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, I mean, that's absolutely right because, uh, you know, uh, the thing is a lot of people, um, when you become very very wealthy for example we look at wealthy people and we say hey you know they should really contribute to society and fix all these problems uh, now information and data is becoming the true wealth right so if we possess that of course we should also um, act responsibly and and um, help implement these technologies in a way that is beneficial for everyone not just people who understand understand these technologies, understand the impact that they can create and all of that. So uh, definitely, absolutely, we should like, uh, that's a big responsibility that we should um, shoulder for sure. Mm. And, and kind of, I guess, along with that comes this, this whole idea of, you know, doing things correctly, doing things honestly. And um, somebody, you know, sort of in recent years for me has used the word wholesome. Um, I don't know if, if for you this would mean the same thing, but for me it's, it's kind of got two meanings. One is wholesome, so very much holistically using, you know, these ideas, but also wholesome in a very kind of honest, true and authentic way. And I think there's a, there's almost this responsibility of anybody who is, a, let's call them an AI practitioner or AI thought leader, to be really evangelizing using this in the best possible way. I know obviously some of the work that you're doing obviously focuses in on this, but I'm very keen to be encouraging people to think not just commercially about this, but also what are the other opportunities this might open up? Because if you can become more competitive and make a little bit more money, does that open up then opportunities to then give back more? So it's almost like with AI comes the whole philanthropy conversation because the more you get, the more you gain, the more you can then give back. Do, do you see people kind of rising to this challenge and this opportunity? I think what will happen is, um, in my my prediction is that we are going to first experience like a new renaissance, um, just like in Europe uh, we had in 1500s, like a renaissance where artists and musicians I mean, that became the foundation of society. Uh, creative people were sort of, you know, at the top of society. They were paid the highest and they were the ministers in the courts and all of that stuff, right? Um, because um, the reliance on, on the mind as it starts to go down, humans, I mean, in, innately, we have the desire to create these artistic things, right? That's from evolution, like, you know, even thousands of years ago uh, when the caveman started painting the, the caves. So that is our innate desire. Uh, so that will happen. And then as these creative pursuits like really um, sort of, you know, feed the soul, if you will, okay, then people will start to become more 
benevolent and and sharing uh, uh, their wealth and ideas because prior to that like people are not as benevolent because they are always thinking oh i'm not satisfied i need more and more and more yeah Mm. Yeah, and this this thing about sort of consumption. I mean, I think you know, and I, I have been a you know marketer for some three and a half decades now, so I've kind of overused this word consumption. You know, I have consumers, and it's kind of marketing speak for customers. Um, but actually, when you think of that word, and I find myself almost being embarrassed that I've been part of a um, a community worldwide that has encouraged consumption, and it, it kind of feels really awkward now. Mm-hmm. It, it feels so at odds with what the planet needs, what society needs. And I think, you know, for me, there's a big opportunity here with, with AI to kind of open up, as you say, you know, new ideas because AI knows stuff because it can assimilate stuff that mm-hmm. we as humans probably haven't spotted or yeah. that we just don't have the capacity to spot. So I mm-hmm. wonder if it, this is going to be used, you know, in the not too distant future to kind of open up just not only new ways of thinking, but new opportunities within that thinking for doing things differently. Absolutely. It just feels that there's a real kind of open-ended opportunity mm-hmm. here, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even if you, I mean, Here's the thing, like I'll I'll give you a simple thought experiment. Um, people don't realize that no idea is a unique idea. No idea is a, is a brand new idea. Basically, humans, what we do is we recycle ideas from different uh, observations. And what happens is, let's say, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, like I, I, I want to create something in healthcare, right? Uh, I can really go deep within the healthcare field and try to do a lot of research and and become an expert, or I can look at another industry or sector or you know another part of the world in how they have solved that problem, and then I can bring that solution from another industry into this healthcare. And now I'm basically marrying two ideas together to create a third, a new idea. And if you look at entire history you know uh, entire list of inventions that's how we recycle things as humans you know nothing is like an original idea we just like mix and match things um but that ability uh, depends upon our personal experience how open our mind is you know as, as an individual but ai has no boundaries like that it can like take healthcare and it can take anthropology and it can take like chemistry or physics and put it all together into one solution that that'll solve one problem so that is an exponential sort of expansion of ideas if you will right mm. does it make sense it does make sense and, I, and i'm wondering now and i guess this is a good time to go here um i've been very curious and I'll understand if there is, you know, commercial sensitivity that you can't talk about this. But I know you have a number of um, AI technology patents and you have um, created ideas. Now, whether these are original ideas or AI generated ideas, I don't know. I'd be interested to explore that because you've you've got some new stuff that you've created, haven't you? Has that come from you know, enabled by AI, or if you spotted this as a human, you've spotted those connections. I'm very curious about this. See, that that question has a very deep implications that you, 
it's always going to be human who comes up with the idea always even if i get some assistance from ai the at the end of the day that is my idea enhanced by technology you know because at the end of the day i need to seed that idea into ai you understand so it's like mm. if i drive a car you know my physical speed is 60 miles an hour but i cannot run 60 miles an hour i'm enhancing my ability to move faster by using technology but that's my speed right mm. i cannot say oh the, i am i am at 5 uh, miles an hour but the car is moving at 60 miles an hour therefore the speed belongs to the car no i have an idea i put it into ai uh, and ai spits it back and then i interact with the ai now it's my idea enhanced by ai that being said all those four patterns were before chat gpt so those were actual <laughs> you know like uh, you, uh, we had to get a lot of engineers around the table and really think hard and work with patent lawyers and all that so that was done old school but moving forward of course everything we do i i i actually treat ai as my like um, you know intelligent uh, uh, confidant or advisor um to say hey you know what do you think like uh, we we came up with this idea what do you think um give me some critique because it's it has objective uh you know knowledge it, it has no emotional um attachment to anything if you were to go back and do those discoveries and those uh, those ideas again now with obviously the technologies as they've evolved you know well certainly over the last 12 months it's been incredible the the pace of kind of the evolution of ai mm -hmm. would you have approached it differently would you be doing those kind of moments and those discussions in a different way would you would yeah. you have needed those people absolutely people uh, see uh, once again th this question uh, points me to this this thought that machines can replace humans no machines cannot replace humans they can only enhance humans now if let's say i had a team of 10 phd's and we came up with that invention right one can argue yeah maybe i don't need 10 phd's uh i can do with just myself and ai but i believe it will take me 10 times longer because the seed ideas will not be like i will not have enough of that sort of seed ideas that we can say okay you know maybe we can do it this way maybe we can do it that way when you bring more people around the table the the, the seed idea is something revolutionary like it's it needs to be out there then you can say ai help us solve these problems quickly you see um mm. we cannot just say to ai you know what like i will like to be an inventor invent something for me like i will be like okay what are you talking about you know so mm. so so if if then a, a family or a, a business team sit around the table to either create something or solve a problem it's either a family issue or uh, you know professional business opportunity whatever whatever it happens to be so the combination of people are you advocating then that to bring ai into that conversation 
will add more value than to just keep it purely human. Because it feels like now this AI kind of role as your confidant, your advisor, your mentor kind of sat alongside you, it feels like you'd want to kind of be bringing that into most kind of meetings, either personal or professional, because yeah. of the value. And almost, again, going back to your matrix analogy, the, the, the matrix then of information and data and knowledge that you'd be tapping into is almost like you couldn't kind of lose then, could you really, if you balance those two things? Yeah, the funny thing is, uh, as you're describing it, it is already happening right now. We have been dependent on AI for more than a decade. Like, can, I mean, I'm terrible with directions, okay? So whenever I have to go somewhere, I, I I mean, the first thing I do is enter the address into the GPS. That's all AI. I cannot like literally go from one point to another unless, you know, AI helps me. Um, so this notion of we will bring AI into our life is is already false. We It's already here. Yes, moving forward, it'll be more and more and more. Yes, um, you know, every, every touch point with another human, every, every, desire that we have, you know, AR, VR, quantum computing, like the world is going to be totally different. I mean, we cannot even imagine the the world that is going to exist in, in 10 years. My, like I just came back from San Francisco. There are car, driverless cars running around in, in, in uh, San Francisco and you can just like call them like Uber, right? And it's kind of weird to sit in uh, to see to see a car going in a busy city like San Francisco, but I believe that makes total sense. Like drivers are not great, uh, or humans are not great drivers, you know. So in my opinion, in ten years, I believe there's going to be uh, laws against humans driving cars. Wow, you heard it here first, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Manuj has made the uh, the first claim of uh, of the day. That's, yeah. a, that's a really that's a really interesting one because you can then see if that is true then you can see that happening across a whole range of different yeah. industries different moments in everybody's day it has this proliferation across everything doesn't it eventually mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah um i mean there are so many like i can tell you i think in 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 the next about 10 years we will see public companies with one employee um, where every other sort of executive is AI. Um, and this goes uh, in contradiction to what I was saying earlier that, you know, you, you may not need as many people. But in my opinion, um, there will be companies with one employee, but I think the companies who focus on the human capital will still continue to win. Mm. Do, do you see this kind of, again, if we're talking 10 years out, um, it's almost like mind-boggling how... We could even be talking about this because of the, the pace of change over the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, but if you were to imagine, say, 10 years out, I mean, I'm experimenting with the metaverse and with kind of alternate realities and just kind of playing, just just dabbling, running some courses, doing some things. And it's very interesting to kind of watch people's transition through a day. For example, they arrive at the virtual door complete skeptics at the start of the day. This is not my kind of thing. I have to move my digital twin, my avatar around this room. I'm really not comfortable with this. And, and actually a couple of days ago when um, I was running this session, this one person who was very, very quiet and quite very skeptical at the start of the day, by the end of the day, was wearing different outfits, was moving around <laughs> seamlessly and said, 
do you know, I've really surprised myself about how immersive and engaging this is. And, and I thought that was really quite a profound moment is that once you open that Pandora's box, you can't close it. Once it's open and you've seen what's inside, there's almost this curiosity as being a human that cuts in that means you just have to keep on going and exploring yeah. and extending that kind of experience. Do, do you think we'll get to a point, I mean, it might be 10 years, might even be shorter than that, where we're spending time beyond AI, because AI will be blended with it, but in kind of virtual spaces, and we don't even realize it's actually happened, much yeah. like this transition to driverless Uber cars in yeah. Uber cars in, uh, in, in San Francisco. Because these things seem to creep up on us, and we, we don't even notice that it's yeah. happened. Do you yeah. think that will happen with things like Metaverse? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, maybe not Metaverse in my, uh, like, it may be another incarnation of something along those lines, right? But the the world is going to be uh, seamless between virtual and real. Like, uh, because the, again, when you understand how the human mind works, it has no clue what is real or not. It's just how it has been trained to think, oh, if I can touch it, that means it's real. If it, you know, if it, it has mass, that it that means it's real so we can create those um uh, stimulus uh in our mind using these technologies that i can just say okay i'll press a button and now i'm in on top of eiffel tower and my mind has no clue whether i'm in uh, vancouver or actually in paris Mm. Do you think then, I mean, again, this goes back to the matrix thing as an interesting question to explore. Do you think then we become the matrix and that actually humans then don't need necessarily in the future? There's a lot of movies on this, but um, in the future then, because we become so intrinsically linked with this, this kind of matrix kind of structure of AI, that we actually don't need a human form. We don't need that physicality. Or, or do you think there will always be a need, if there is a possibility on this planet, to for humanity to last? Do you, do you think there will always be a need to have the physicality similar to what we have already at the moment? Well, I, I, all I, I know is uh, that human race is a bundle of emotions. It's basically we are emotional beings. And all... You know, we, 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 we walk on this planet thinking, oh, we are logical, you know, we, uh, we are smart, we can figure out, you know, solutions to problems. At the end of the day, we are just trying to, like, you know, feel the world. And as AI takes over the thinking aspect, you know, which is, which is the cause of the ego, which is the cause of all, all, the, all the good stuff, you know, the, the technology, but also the bad stuff, which is the war and, and uh, you know, all, all kinds of like conflicts. It's all the the mind's doing, right? So as the mind and people are so scared of it, we are worried, oh, you know, what happens if AI makes us stop thinking? Yeah, what happens when you stop thinking? You know, try it someday. I think you'll like it. It's called meditation. Mm, it is, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and then we can let the AI just carry on with the day yeah. whilst we're in this meditative state. Do you know, that's really good. I don't know if it's just the time of year where we're all very yeah. tired at the end yeah. of the year, but that sounds that sounds really nice thing, mm -hmm. is that all of those tasks that we were talking about get done for us, the AI can deal with it, and then we're just purely in a 
yeah, just this meditative state. I mean, well, what is not to like about that? Do, do you think if that was to happen then that um, AI would develop an ego, AI would understand that it is actually something, that it is actually something that can begin no. to take ownership of those decisions and those processes? The, no, no, because the funny thing when, when I hear that question is I ask that question right back. Do you know what ego is? A sense of understanding that you exist but that's your definition that's the whole point that's i mean for thousands of years you know even even people like jesus christ the buddha all of these people had this one question what is ego like what is life right so in order to to say to to ai oh what if it develops an ego First, as humans, we need to understand what ego is. We don't understand what ego is. The actual fact is that AI is, any technology is part of us. Like, do you think fire is separate from us? Do you think water is separate from us? Um, like, so maybe those are natural elements. Talk about the basic invention, the wheel. Now, do you think human race is separate from the wheel? Can we survive without the wheel? Well, it certainly enables things like Uber no, and the other our things. Our society is going to break down. No, as as of today, tomorrow, let's say tomorrow we say, okay, no more wheels. You know, well, we're going say, nowhere then. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. literally as as society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so when people say, oh, you know, so do you think the wheel has developed an ego now? No, I'll accept that one. It probably doesn't really know that it's and it exists or it has any decision making. Exactly. It just revolves in the way that we've planned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what AI is. Interesting. And everybody listening to this, if you think um, that you might become a thought leader or you want to be a thought leader, this is a thought leader talking to you here right now because this is kind of proper leading the thinking and Manish is giving us really incredible examples here which I can't answer back to because they're just too clever but they're so clever in their simplicity and I think that is the beauty of the way of thinking about this is we can make this complex and as humans we always try and make this super complex don't we you know we can fear AI we can think that AI is going to dominate or you know do things that um, you know of its own accord but at the very simplest level it is just an enabler, isn't it? It's right. just another tool in the way you describe it. Exactly. And is, is that a way that I think we can all really sort of rest comfortably at night knowing it is there to, to help and support us? I mean, I, I try to give that comfort to people because I understand this. Um, uh, so, of course, if, you, it, if, if this message resonates, of course, do find comfort in that. Uh, but some people have the habit of like, you know, worrying about things regardless. Um, so definitely, I, I, there is nothing to be scared of. There's nothing. I mean, you know, AI is already here. I mean, when you order a package from Amazon, it is AI making sure you get it the same day or the next day. You know, when um, you uh, uh, like you buy anything, the like even this recording is happening because of AI. You know, we, we are sitting thousands of miles apart, but we are talking in real time in high definition. This was not possible even like 10 years ago, right? 
Now with AI, we can optimize the traffic, we can optimize the video, we can optimize the sound in real time. Uh, so it is already everywhere. Mm. It's now just becoming, it's like, you know, becoming more apparent. Everybody can feel it, touch it. Uh, and the idea is the tool is now available to everyone and it is up to you to use it and really benefit from it. I mean, I'll give you a start. This is a start from uh, the CEO of IBM. So AI is going to add about $10 trillion to the world economy by 2030. Okay. So to give you some perspective, 10 trillion is 10,000 billion. Okay. And currently the world economy is $100 trillion. All right. So 10% of the world's wealth will be added in the next seven years. So this is the biggest wealth making opportunity ever, ever. Mm. So, so if, the, if, if you think that this is kind of a, a, a sideline thing, mm. clearly not. It, it's got to be mainstream for everyone, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the choice for people is, you know, be scared of it or give in to the fear or use it and, and, and you know, disrupt industries, like really help people around you. And when you help people using these technologies, that's the value you are going to create for the future. And that's how you're going to make money. I want to keep people connected with you so they can follow your work and, uh, you know, sort of enjoy the rest of your journey as you go through, you know, what are undoubtedly going to be many more really interesting conversations and uh, experiences and, and seeing hopefully some of your technologies rolling out. What is the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, uh, go to my website, manujagarwal.com, or find me on LinkedIn and uh, let me know you heard me on this podcast. That's brilliant. Manuj, this has just been a real pleasure. It really has. It's, you know, it's everything I was hoping it would be, this conversation. And I'm just feeling, you know, very kind of empowered to kind of just go and learn more and go and do more with this whole thing in my little world. So thank yeah. you so much. for your, Really appreciate your time and wisdom today. It's been Absolutely. really good. Thank you so much. Thank you.